Welcome back to The Good Play, a podcast normally about NBC's The Good Place. And by the way, we are once again about The Good <laughs> Place. Woohoo! My name is Brianna, and with me on the line, she really likes frogs. She's a frog guy. It's my sister, Marissa. I'm also an eternal being. <laughs> and a cranky doorman. Yes. So, since The Good Place is coming back next week. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> We've waited so long. <laughs> we thought we would do a season three preview episode where we talk about the promos, we talk about the interviews, we talk about articles and theories and questions and everything we're excited for. Before we get to that, a little bit of housekeeping up front. You can tell I'm a little bit springy and excited today because we're talking about our favorite show. The uh, best you, show. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and at goodplay.cast.rocks. Uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. Marissa, do you want to talk a little bit about the review drive? Our our rating and review drive has been a huge success. I mean, when I say the numbers, it's not going to sound like it, but it's it's that way to us. We had, at the beginning of the review drive, we had one rating and review, and that was from Ian. And now we have seven ratings and three reviews. Yay. And so I would like to extend thank yous to, I'm sorry, I have to pronounce these and their, their, their screen name, so I'm going to sound ridiculous. Um, Mlevic22 and, oh boy, Fugajdf. Uh, <laughs> Which I call for humble gods. Big ups to you kind and wonderful folks for giving us these incredibly sweet reviews. I really, really appreciate it. Yes, they make us very happy. Thank you for everybody who's rating us five stars. That's like super helpful. And we were just talking about how it's sort of a miracle that anybody finds us because <laughs> like we have done absolutely zero publicity for this so show. Everybody who's found us. Thank you so much for listening. We're very, very excited to jump in on season three and we hope that our listenership will only grow now that season three is about to start. We're going to get to a level of fame where like maybe a PA will be willing to come on. Ooh. Yeah. You can also follow and like us on Facebook. We have a group called the good play twitter at the good play pod uh, you can follow us and you can send us an email at the good play pod at gmail.com the, the facebook group has been pretty fallow for these months but it'll pick back up with episode discussions uh once the season is in the full swing yeah i think the last kind of discussion we had was around brooklyn 99 so it's been a few weeks for sure but all right let's just get to it i mean Whew. We're so excited to have things to talk about. <laughs> I was so sure that if I really went digging, you know that they called Ted, uh, they called him Ted, quote unquote, loose lips dancing. Oh, yeah, that comes up, by the way, in one of the videos I watched. Well, yeah. I thought for sure, like, if I go digging, I'm going to find some, you know, a hole in the wall YouTube channel where he has, you know, accidentally spoiled something. Like, no, they ran such a tight ship this this oncoming season the actors are not saying anything no and i was just like surely one of them is going to spill something like nope 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 we are getting we are getting the company line from nbc and nothing more and nothing less so the cast and creators did a little um q a at comic-con with somebody from tv line 
And the guy's, like, ask, you know, trying to dig for scoops. And Mike Schur's like, why would you ever think that I would tell you, like, anything, right? They're friends, so, like, there's a little bit of, he's, he's kind of uh, poking at him a little bit. But then Ted Danson pipes up and he goes, historically, I mean, you can just call me and I'll tell you anything. <laughs> so he's really... This is true. I mean, famously, Ted Danson would tell everybody during season one, while season one was on the air... He'd be like, hey, I'm in this really great show about the afterlife called The Good Place. And people would be like, yeah, that sounds cool or whatever. He's like, but the twist is that it's actually the bad place. <laughs> right. And Darcy Carden, I got, I heard an interview with her about that where she was just like, I guess people, he like wasn't getting the reaction that he wanted. Like he wanted people to understand why he was coming back to TV after all this time. And they were like, oh, yeah, that sounds cute. And he's like, oh, really? You think it's cute? Well, let me yeah, tell you. Exactly. But no, I mean, you're correct. We are getting only what they want us to know, and that's it. Which is pretty impressive. I mean... Yeah, how do you rein in Ted Danson? That's a great question. I guess they probably were like, come on. <laughs> do they have Mary Steenburgen, like, you know, in a steamer trunk somewhere? Are they threatening him? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think they probably were just like, listen, man, can you just... Can you... Like, like he says to Janet, can you just chill? <laughs> and she says, no, it's going to be like this every time. Maybe he was just like, all right, I'll chill. I'll chill. So I've just like put a whole bunch of stuff in here for us to talk about. I figured we'd start with some videos, all of which like NBC obviously like is re- either releasing or said yes to being released. So the first one is the promo, which is basically what we already know about season one and season two and like where we're picking up in season three. So there's nothing really new in there, but Jamila Jamil said, uh, even the shrewdest and smartest of our fans will not be able to guess what's coming. And we're just, we're going to try anyway. I actually found the raw interview footage for that promo. So there was, there's a quite a bit of it, maybe five minutes per actor. And I did sit through all of it. And there's nothing, man. There's nothing. Nobody says anything. Well, There was like one little tidbit from Ted Danson, but it was so minor. All he said was that this season has more special effects and more magic, like by a high degree than Mm. the previous two seasons. Manny Jacinto also said in a different interview that this is the most they've shot on location. So maybe they're going a lot of places. Makes sense. I mean, they're on Earth. Yeah, that's true. But Kristen Bell in this said that Mike Schur has sat her down and told her how he wants to end season three and how he wants to end the show, like the series. Well, so she specifically said the next, something like the next couple seasons. So as far as Mike Schur is concerned, season three is not the final season. Yeah. Which, I mean, I th- Mike Schur is kind of a, he's kind of like a gold mine. He just like, he's like a kingmaker. It just everything he touches does super well so if i were nbc i'd be like yeah you can have however much money you need i mean you this. say that but wait who was it that dropped brooklyn 99 was that fox fox okay yeah nbc picked it up right 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 okay but she said she forgot she's like yeah he's he's told me the whole thing and but i've forgotten and it's just now occurring to me that he wiped my memory may, maybe and i was like you forgot <laughs> i was like did you really forget or do you just not want anybody to ask you about it I mean, I wouldn't forget if Mike Sure. You wants don't to forget tell, anything. If Mike Sure wants to tell me the end of, if the I series, asked you like who you sat next to in the fourth grade, you would probably know Jason Burchock. See, <laughs> if you're out there listening, 
Shouts to you, Jason. <laughs> Season three. I don't remember my fourth grade teacher's name. That's probably fine. It's, my head is so full of useless nonsense. Sometimes I wish, you know, I could just be... Sometimes forgetfulness is a blessing, I'll be honest. Yeah, I know. Every once in a while, you're like, I'm like, oh, that made me so mad. She did the same thing, like, three years ago when I asked her, you know, like, I'm talking about somebody we know. I'm just like, she did the same thing three years ago, and then she said this, and you're like, I don't remember any of this. I'm like, <laughs> this is why I hold grudges, and you are just like, love everybody. <laughs> season The season three leak, I think this is probably the biggest thing to talk about. Right, it's not a real leak. Right. That's, I put leak in quotes. Yeah, but they were air quotes, and this is a this is an audio medium. <laughs> okay, Te- technicalities. So, for those of you who maybe we can link to this on the Twitter machine, but for those of you who haven't seen it, basically we pick up with Jen. So this is the very beginning. It sounds like it's of the, the first scene of of the of the new season, I believe. The first scene. And we pick up with Jen making the decision to send the humans back to Earth, which we saw in the finale of season two. And when Jen snaps, uh, in the finale of season two, we followed Eleanor. But in this case, we follow Michael, who walks down a corridor towards a door and a doorman who's Michael Malley, who I know the actor. I just can't place him. He's like a lot of stuff. And Michael says he has no idea this was even here, which I thought was interesting. Like, he, he had no idea it existed. I guess he's never been to Earth. Doesn't he say that at some point? Maybe, that, yeah. Um, I, so, you know, it's such a shame. I've just read and listened to and watched so much stuff at this point that I'm just not remembering where the information I'm getting is from. And I apologize, but I promise I'm, like, not making any of it up. He says at some point, and maybe this is in the show, he says at some point, like, demons aren't allowed to... You know, nor angels or whatever. The people who work for the good and bad place are not allowed to, you know, go mess around with people on Earth as a rule. That makes sense. So he explains that he needs to get, he explains to the doorman that he needs to get to Earth to avert the deaths of four people. And he says, you know, he's, he's like very excited. And he's also like trying to, he sounds, trying to sound important. And he's like, well, it starts up a new timeline. There might be some ripple effects. Like he's, you know, giving us some exposition, but like giving a new character some, some exposition as well. He's also very excited about doing human things like riding a bus. <laughs> yeah, He's like, I'm so gonna cute. get so motion sick. It's gonna be great. So, but the, but the reason he has to ride a bus, which I found I found this very interesting, when he's on Earth, he is not granted any supernatural powers whatsoever. Oh yeah, which I think is going to be relevant. You it know that has to be relevant. Yeah, that that he's going to be if he's trying to intervene on Earth, he is going to be kind of stuck acting like a human. Although this really does raise some interesting questions about how he got to be a bartender at Sting's Desert Rosé. <laughs> Did he forge a bartending license and like chloroform the guy who was supposed to be working that night? Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to have I think we're going to have a lot of questions about what we saw at the end of season two i i hope that they kind of like you know because at the beginning of season two we see the same event from like multiple perspectives yes and it seems like they're trying to do the same thing here i wonder if we'll see 
that moment from Michael's perspective. So we might get a little... I feel like we have to. Yeah, a little bit of a better understanding of how that happens. But you're correct. Like, because I thought, okay, that whole bar is just a simulation. Like, I thought he just snapped his fingers and a bar appeared and they wandered into it. <laughs> Called Sting's she, Desert Rosé. she's the only one in there, right? That There's was, one other woman there when she first gets there. But by um, the time they're having their, like, heart-to-heart, she's the only one there. Yeah. So I sort of assumed, and we had a whole talk about this, I sort of assumed that, like, that was a all a, an imaginary situation for Eleanor's benefit. But it turns out, not the case. So, yeah, how did, is there a bar somewhere called Sting's Desert Rosé? Because if so, can we go? It's in, it's in, it's in Amramica. <laughs> There's this very special key that I'm sure will come up again at some point. It's made of, like, the first atoms that ever were in existence after, you know, creation. And it's a key and it says do not duplicate and the guy's like very specific about it, which only makes me I'm like, if you're harping on this this much, that means that somebody's gotta have to steal this key at some point. Yeah, it's Chekhov's key for sure. Yeah, exactly. Michael goes to Earth through the doorway and we see him avert the deaths of the four humans. It's funny, you know, when we watched the last episode of season two, we kind of were like, is that Michael? And then well, we kind of decided I, it it doesn't I, look like Michael. I believe that I said it did look like Michael. And you I were think like, you I did say that. So. And I think I said, like, it doesn't look like Michael. Yeah, you were like, mm, I don't think so. so well, I was one, wrong. For, for once wrong. in my life, <laughs> for once in our sisterhood, I was right and you were wrong. And so we see him avert. Eleanor's death, which we had seen, and then we see him kind of hilariously do his best to avert the deaths of the other humans. He succeeds. He does. But he, like, almost runs over Chidi with a bike. Well, better to almost be run over by a bike than to be squashed by an air conditioner. Yeah, I think Chidi's we can all agree like, on this. Hey, man, like, watch it. And then uh, and then the air conditioner falls from the sky, and he was like, oh, my God. And then um, he just sort of, like, takes Tahani out of the way when the... when her, uh, How did he even get into that party? Yeah, I mean, if that's another good question. Like, if you can't... He had to travel. They must have, like, temporarily... Their their deaths must have been quite far apart. Yeah, because he had to travel... He had to, like, buy a plane ticket to Cleveland, right? <laughs> it, seriously. God, he, you know what? You buy try to buy a plane ticket to Cleveland right now. You know, the Browns won their first game in, like, two years. <laughs> you are not going to be able to get a ticket. I was just in Cleveland, so I just missed this, but, uh... They are freaking out. I'm sure. I'm sure. But, like, he starts off in Arizona, right? To avert Eleanor's death. Yeah, if we assume that things happen in the order that we see them, which I guess is a fairly traditional part of narrative storytelling. And so, then yeah. Chidi is next, but we don't know where Chidi is in the world when he's having this conversation. I'm assuming he's oh, in the United States. Really? I but don't assume that. He's know. with his best friend from, and his best friend is from like Senegal or whatever. Oh, that's right. He, they may be, they may be in Paris. Remember how his, his, he had that book and it was like, you know, he, he, he gave the book to someone to read and it says, Oh, he gave up his, position as a you know te- his tenure track position at the Sorbonne but he may he may be in Australia it's really hard to know so regardless that's a transcontinental flight from and then from let's say Paris to Cleveland and then from Cleveland to Jacksonville to <laughs> oh did you hear the thing about the safe 
No. What? This, no. If you zoom in on the safe, it says it's the Swanson Safe Company. That's hysterical because so I've been starting to listen to the Good Place, like actual Good Place podcast. I don't know and, how you can um, emotionally a- a- achieve that, but good for you. It's just, you know, it's just basically so I can get any uh, little tidbits. The dirty deets. <laughs> the dirty, <laughs> give me them dirty deets, girl. And so they only have, they don't have real sponsors. They just have sp- fake sponsors. And one of their fake sponsors is the Swanson Safe Company. And it's narrated by, uh, the ad is narrated by Nick Offerman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's 100% intentional. Really, really funny. And so, so Ron Swanson killed Jason. So again, like they're in the same universe. Yes, they are in the parks and Recaverse. That's absolutely amazing. that's amazing. two two confirmations at this point, which really raises questions about Ben Wyatt and my boyfriend, the Demon. Well, Trevor. I don't think demons are naturally. You know, they don't have a form naturally. That's Remember true. how Mark Evan Jackson says, "Why do you think I picked the form of a middle aged white man?" So they, yeah. they they're not they don't come into existence with a human appearing physique. So let's just assume that demon Adam Scott saw Ben Wyatt on earth and said, now there's a guy I want to look like. I mean, you know, he said he saw, he saw Ben Wyatt's whole fork up with the winter games or whatever it was. Oh, ice town. And found it hilarious and wanted to mock him by assuming his form. That sounds perfect. I'm totally in for that. And so, yeah, he's doing a lot of like, yeah, you, I'm glad they didn't all die in the same day, because that would have been impossible. Because I thought he could just, like, snap his fingers and be everywhere, but it's not true. He had to, like, buy a plane ticket. Like, how did he have the money? Anyway. So I suspect that they, you know, he doesn't have supernatural powers, but I don't think anybody in the, you know, in the immortality department or whatever cares about giving him, like, a billfold full of cash and a fake ID. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's probably true. It's not supernatural. That's just like, you know. Except nobody You can knows get that if you if you watch the Twilight movies. All you, to, all you need is bunk from The Wire and he'll get you that stuff. <laughs> Actually, people do know that he's doing this. They don't know that he goes back. So right. So that's the big thing. So then he comes back from the afterlife and he's very excited about seeing Earth. And he's very excited about seeing an establishment that was both a Pizza Hut and a Taco Bell at the same time. So that's that. That's the season three leak. Do we have anything else to say about that? Uh, you know, it made me excited and it told me very little. <laughs> that's, I Which think is... that's exactly what yeah. it was meant to do. Yep. So then we have a, a, a video of the cast and creators at Comic-Con, which I mentioned before. Mike sure says that the gang won't take long to get back together. And he said by the time... I, I, I gleaned that from a couple of the unedited interviews that I watched. Yeah. That Michael kind of manages to, like, Avengers assemble pretty fast. And I think it's Jamila who says that, you know, the pace at which the show has eaten plot in season two kind of stays at that pace in season three. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, because I think when we were coming into season two and we were really worried about having to watch these characters that we love, like, find each other all over again and go through this whole thing, we were totally amazed by the pace of everything but now i wouldn't expect anything different like if they really slowed it down and it's like episode 10 and we're still all scattered i would be very disappointed so i'm glad this is the episode in which we convince jason to enter a beatboxing competition in sydney (laughs) so oh my gosh that would be amazing are you kidding (laughs) well you know one of the clips from the 
official promo. It's like a second, but it's Jason on stage at some sort of, I think it's a beatboxing competition. So we might get to see him, uh, you know. That girl is poison. (laughs) That was the worst beatboxing that's ever happened. I apologize. I apologize to the beatboxing community. I apologize to the listeners of the show. And I promise to never do it again. That's all we can really ask of you. And then, you know, the rest of the interview is kind of fluffy, really. I didn't watch that. I watched the the other Comic-Con thing, like the panel that they did. Oh, I watched, I watched that. that too, but that was like 45 minutes long. So that was It was like, hilarious, and there was nothing of substance in it. I mean, it was, it was nice. It was a lot of them just complimenting each other, which I'm all about, but it doesn't sure. really tell you much about the show. Uh, I did just want to say, though, about this. My husband, Chidi, did not get enough, like, voice time in that Comic-Con panel. Yeah, I agree. And also, speaking of your husband, Chidi, in this YouTube clip uh, of the cast and the creators doing this Q&A, William Jackson Harper and Kristen Bell have their arms linked while they sit next to each other. You know, it was quite something else. Something else Jamila Jamil said, I forget in what context. I'm sorry, everybody. I should have like written down everything I knew and like attributed it to a source. I just I don't have that kind of brain. But she said something along the lines of like, you know, the relationship we all care about is Eleanor and Cheedy. And, you know, that gets developed in this season. And I think they are, you know, stoking a little bit of that with a little and a little arm link. You know, if if Kristen IRL. Bell, if Kristen Bell weren't happily married to Dax Shepard, I would to a be a very like, adorable dude who seems like a good guy. Yeah, I would be like, hmm. I started listening to his podcast actually. Oh, what's it about? Armchair Expert. It's just him like talking to his like famous buddies about their lives. It's just you know, it's hmm. just sort of a shoot the shirt kind of a podcast. But Kristen Bell is his first guest. So. Uh, well, how did he get her? <laughs> I think he was just like, honey, I'm trying this thing. <laughs> I'm in the other room. No, the other, other room. Um, So one cute thing from this, uh, the last thing I'll say about this is that they, the, the guy doing the interview asked them all to like say one negative thing about Ted dancing. (laughs) And they were all like, we can't do that. Darcy Carden was like, come on, like, we can't do that. And Ted goes, well, you know, I could say many, you know, negative things about myself And he sort of, like, starts listing things that, like, aren't really that bad. And one of them is, I tell way too many cheer stories. And everyone, like, in a chorus is like, no, what are you talking about? And Kristen (gasps) Bell turns around and she goes, never enough (laughs) stories. Like, Speaking of which, you remember what he says on the Comic-Con panel? So, like, some sweet girl from the audience asks, basically, like, about the journey from Sam Malone to Michael. And he said, Sam, uh... This is a family podcast. He says, he doesn't say this exactly. I'm obfuscating somewhat. Sam Malone was all about his male member. And we've come pretty close to establishing on The Good Place that Michael doesn't have one. So so that's a pretty appropriate, I think that's a pretty appropriate trajectory for me as an actor. That's really, really, really funny. Oh my goodness. That's really, really funny. I didn't remember that. I just watched it like this week. Uh, so we have some other things, some little things here and there. Manny Jacinto did an, an interview with TV Line as well, where he says he's Team Janet in the, like, Janet or Tahani kind of... I don't well, think anybody really cares look, about... Look, Tahani Jason makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. So he's Team Janet. 
Except for the fact that they're both the most attractive people on planet Earth. I mean, everybody on this show is. Yeah, but they're like unnaturally attractive. That is very true. That is very true. And they were both each other's seventh kiss in real life. I still can't. Jamila Jamil has said that a few times now, and I'm still kind of struggling. Is she saying that he was the seventh person she had ever kissed? Or it was literally the seventh time she had kissed anybody? I don't know. When we get her on the podcast, we should ask. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Also, apparently there's a new sanitized curse word that they tried, which is, quote unquote, soak my deck. So yeah, just leaving that out there. (laughs) TV Insider... I'm just sort of running through, but if there's anything you want to... No, go ahead. We're going to get to some theories that I think we're going to spend some more time on. Season three picks up. This is a TV Insider article here. What of socialite Tahani and aspiring DJ Jason, quote, their journeys in Toto are very, quote, on brand for each of them, sure says. So, like, maybe that's where we see Jason doing some beatboxing or something like that. Uh, Yeah. Mark my words, I know nothing about season three except for the fact that Jason is definitely going to beat Puck. <laughs> um, and we have a new cast member other than the doorman, Kirby Howell Baptiste, who is apparently was on Killing Eve, which is not a show I watch, so I don't know who she is. Someone got an Emmy for it. Sandra O. Oh? Sandra O. Oh got an Emmy for it. It's apparently supposed to be very good, but I just, I don't know any, literally anything about it. I don't know what it's about. I don't know who There's a biblical reference in the title. If yeah. this were high school English, we could probably write a paper just based off that. <laughs> and we probably did. <laughs> so Howell, who will make her first appearance in the season three premiere, will play Simone, who enters the story through Chidi. Simone also works at the university. So Chidi, like we know at the end of season two, he works at the St. John's University in Sydney. And that's where we see his... No worries. G'day. Here's your taxi. Yeah. So we see his encounter uh, with Eleanor, who asks him if he's cheating on a Kendrick. Uh, Simone (laughs) also works at the university as a neuroscientist, and Chidi seeks her help to, quote, figure out if there's something wrong with his brain, says Mike. Maybe that's the explanation for why he has an American accent now. (laughs) Maybe. Like, did I say something wrong with me? I have brain damage, and suddenly I have an American accent. Well, one of the things I wanted to ask is, like, are they setting up, like, a little... (gasps) A love triangle? How dare you, Michael Shore! We've stuck with Eleanor and Chidi through thick and thin in 800 reboots! How dare you! I don't know. I mean, they might not be, but it seems to me that they might be trying that. Because he did have a girlfriend who worked at the university... Well, so that relationship ended before he, he died. Another one. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying he can't have relationships like he's physically incapable of having relationships. I'm saying, yeah, Eleanor. I mean, obviously, but you know, we can't. They're they're strangers to each other at this point. We got to see them get back in the groove. We know I... that they're soulmates, but do they know that they're soulmates? <sighs> What if they never get back those personas that they had at the end of season two? That's going to be such a disappointment. I mean, maybe not narratively a disappointment. Maybe it's going to feel like the right choice. But it does kind of feel like they were people that we loved and now they're kind of dead. We said the same thing at the end of season one. I know. Well. uh, And we loved them even more at the end of season two. So then it's going to hurt worse. Try to look on the bright side of things here. (laughs) Get a new adventure. Okay. Okay. This is the real meat of things, for me anyway. What? 
the fan theories. Really? That's the meat? That's the that's the chocolate mousse. That has no substance whatsoever. It's just delicious. Okay, well, then that's the chocolate mousse. I meant that's the most I have to talk about, I think. The fan okay. Theories. So, Esquire magazine did a... For fancy gentlemen everywhere. For fancy gentlemen. Had a... Wrote a, um, an article about some popular fan theories. And, like, I am not a Reddit user, so I missed out on basically all of these. So thank you, Esquire, for compiling them for those of us who do not uh, go on Reddit. They're like, thanks for clicking on our clickbait. Yeah, exactly. So there are a few, a few different theories in here. And let me know how they sit with you. One of them kind of blew my mind. So I'm excited to get to that one. Uh, the first is that the good place is Michael's test. Quote, I think that Michael... So this is like they're quoting somebody whose theory this is. Quote, I think that Michael has been in the simulation for millennia. Uh, it's a simulation, so time is irrelevant. And was placed in the, quote, bad place with all of his memories wiped. So he actually believes he's a demon. Therefore, he behaves like one. After all, in most religious theology, demons are fallen angels. Then he's, then the article says, the theory goes on to explain that it's Michael's big test to not only torture the humans, but to help them escape their own tests. Nope. No? Nope. That's Sorry. It. No. I don't believe that Michael Shore is setting it up so that the cockroaches don't exist. Oh, because they would have to be kind of like hypothetical? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Rejected. Bulleted. This is good. This is like a no moving on. <laughs> Very like Project Runway way of doing this. <laughs> Number two, Janet is God. We have actually I talked said about this, this like a year ago. I know. Esquire was listening to you. Mm, uh, they often do. Quote, <laughs> I was the one who told them about Houndstooth. <laughs> Just the pattern? Uh-huh. Okay. Quote, what Janet could represent, though, is a merciful higher power or, at minimum, a purposeful guardian angel. As the only entity on the show who has revealed a total omnipotence of what's around her, it is possible that Janet is the one controlling the entire situation. We have talked about this. I don't think she's controlling the whole situation. I don't think she secretly knows the whole situation and is just letting everybody run around in circles. But I think that... You know, it's very possible. You know, we talked about how the the episodes are called chapters, you know, yeah. kind of like they're, they're tomes in a religious book. Yeah. And I think we talked about how this could ultimately be either the book of Eleanor or the book of Janet. Yeah. Because if anyone tears down this obviously corrupt system. So something else that, J- that Jamila Jamil said, this is related. Mm-hmm. Something else Jamila Jamil said was... Specifically talking about how in season three, they're going to explore how these four people who are like, they're not garbage fires. They're they're just sort of like normally not fantastic. Well, they're just sort of regular people. People who suck, but in a fun, chill way, as Eleanor said. As Eleanor said. How they ended up in the same place as like Hitler, basically. Yeah. And, and Jamila Jamil says basically that this season is going to explore that notion and how the whole system seems to be corrupt. And how, you know, it could be either Eleanor or Janet who ends up kind of dismantling that system. Because this show is not going to be satisfied with, well, we took the four people that the viewers cared about and we proved that they're good enough for the good place. So they're going to go to the good place, right? right? This show is going to be concerned with this is a corrupt system and we have to dismantle the corrupt system. Well, Michael says so at the end of, yes, you know, when he's talking to Jen, he's like, look... What I've learned from this experiment is that we were wrong. 
And if we are wrong, then hundreds of thousands, oh, if way not more than more, that, yeah, millions of people have been like wrongly accused, or not wrongly accused, but have wrongly been tortured, wrongly tortured for millennia. <laughs> like, and so you're right. That is a that is that he is concerned with the system. He's he's concerned immediately with his friends, but I think on a larger scale, he's concerned with the system, and that makes sense as to why. Mark Evan Jackson, Sean, and and the rest of the Bad Place employees are like trying to lock Michael in a room with a stack of New Yorkers because they don't want hmm. it getting out that their way is, you know, corrupted in some way. I mean, it's not even their way, right? Who told them to take, you know, 99% of everybody who's ever lived on Earth and torture them? You know, they didn't make that system up. Uh, maybe we'll meet that entity. We may, but so this theory is saying that Janet is gonna is some sort of higher power. I don't think she is currently a higher power. I think she may become a higher power. She is the most advanced Janet in history. Yes. So we could very well see that. I would be into that. I think Janet would be a benevolent deity. Yeah. I, I'd be into that. I'd go to Janet synagogue. <laughs> Janet Gog. <laughs> it's just a blank white room. <laughs> Theory number three, the good place is helping Michael. Another Reddit user, quote, another Reddit user suggests quite succinctly that the good place is aiding Michael in his quest to redeem the humans. It's why he was able to steal a good place Janet so easily. What do you think about this? That like there are good place employees who are like uh, helping him out on the DL. It's an intriguing theory, and I'm not going to say no to it. On the other hand, I think it's pretty telling that we have yet to see any good place involvement whatsoever in any of the events of the show. Mm. And maybe it doesn't mean anything because, like, Michael had no way of getting in touch with them or something. But, you know, maybe Mindy St. Clair should expect somebody from the good place to like send her like a muffin basket once a year or something, but they're very hands off. They're very detached. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we've talked a lot about the good place. I don't mean the show. I mean the actual, the good place place. Yeah. The good place place. We've talked about that and how it might not be as good as we think it is. If it is a part of a system that, as we said, is kind of corrupt and uses this crazy point system. Now, we were talking about it because we thought at some point we would actually see our protagonists get into the good place, and that is sort of the point of this experiment. So if we do get there, I'd be interested to see how much they know about what's been going on, but also like how much they care about what's going on, because yeah, that's they a might big one. not, you know... All of this, I mean, there is a, a possibility or a potential that they could go through all of this and at the end of it still be denied access for some reason, right? Like, you know. I think whatever Jen rules is ultimately going to have to be upheld by the demons or angels. Well, what I wonder, so I'm speculating a little bit here because I, everything is speculation at this point, but, you know... Kristen Bell says in in that little promo video, like, how much can Michael and Janet meddle in the affairs of humans before it really starts to mess up the time, the whole timeline of Earth, right? 
that's a weird that's a weird thing to say because his interventions thus far saving these four people are going to wildly drastically change the timeline of earth i mean this isn't the butterfly effect at this point it's like it's not a butterfly flapping its wings you know it's a it's king kong stomping on the ground for seven days straight right. like it's it's hugely momentous but that's what i mean is that i, I if i'm presuming right that Michael and or Janet sneaks back and forth occasionally. Well, at least happens once to metal. Sting's Desert Rosé. Sting's Desert Rosé. And if anybody were to find out about that, that could nullify the results. Yes. So he's, you know, that's what I mean by saying, like, they could have gone through all this and still something could disqualify them. On a technicality, you mean? Yeah, yeah. So I, I'd be interested to see uh, whether or not The Good Place actually, like is helping them at all or whether or not they have any any stake in what's going on or if they're just sort of oblivious it'd be interesting this one is the one that blew my mind i thought this one was so dumb i couldn't believe that you were in love with it as well you know just let me have a moment i thought i was really gonna blow you away with this one but i guess not no (laughs) just i don't know no (laughs) eleanor is eleanor right so basically everything is everything as Lauren Hill as Lauren Hill would say basically this posits that because the show likes to set up storylines that can be tied up later on this is kind of a long game and in the season opener season one opener Eleanor is shown memories from her life memories that she doesn't remember would but it leads you know this whole turn of events leads to a grander theory that they're you know, she is that person that she goes back to Earth, that she gets help from Chidi and she becomes a lawyer, a human rights lawyer or an environmental activist or like one of the good, you know, one of the one of the iterations of herself that actually does make a difference on Earth. She becomes that after meeting Chidi in real life, which I think which I thought was actually really cool because, you know, no, what do you mean no, it doesn't make any sense. Those were quote-unquote memories. Those were fake memories that Michael invented to torture her. In what universe? And he was an active bad place agent at that point in the game. But he somehow has access to her alternate timeline memories? How does that make any sense? Just puncturing holes in my dreams, I guess. Also, she's not going to go become a lawyer. Like, I love Eleanor, but she's not going to law school. Listen, man, I just, maybe Janet, if Janet's God, then, you know, and she's omnipotent, then maybe she's... Well, she's just going to give Eleanor a law degree? (laughs) No, no, I mean, maybe Janet has those memories stored somewhere. Okay. (laughs) All right, whatever. I should just go on Reddit, I guess. (laughs) I guess you should <laughs> sign up with the username Chelenor, you know, 3000. <laughs> so say Chelenor 420. Woo. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not my style. <laughs> well, now that you've uh, punctured my dreams, is there anything else you want to talk about? Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Nobody sent us any theories. I don't think anybody has any theories. I think we're all sort of... No, I think... I've, I've asked a couple people one-on-one, and they've all been like, I'm not crazy. I don't try to predict this show. 
<laughs> yeah, remember when we tried to predict season two and then we were totally wrong within the first like 15 minutes of the first episode and we were like, no more predictions. Yup. <laughs> I mean, I, I do wonder whether or not they're going to get caught. I do wonder about the potential love triangle that I just made up off the top of my head with this neuroscientist. What else? I do wonder, I, I wonder how they're going to get all together again, but I don't. Well, it seems like it seems like from what little I they have released about this season that like Michael's primary task is reuniting them, mm-hmm. all of them. Mm-hmm. He managed it with Eleanor and Chidi first because they're his favorites, quite frankly. Uh, but he's not going to stop with them, and he's going to get all four of them back together. Yeah, I wonder how. And many- I think it's going to happen quickly. Honestly, I think it's going to happen in the first or second episode. Yeah. Well, the first so the first episode. That airs next week is the, it's an hour long block, so it's essentially two episodes. Oh, yeah. I did not realize. Thank you so for that. We'll have a we will have a, a large block of things to discuss. Oh boy, next week's podcast is going to be pretty unmanageable. Yeah, it's going to be rough, but in a good way. It's going to be <laughs> like, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. No, this could be a shorty this week. I think yeah. this this is about the amount of information we have. It's not very much. <laughs> But if you have any listeners, if you have any theories or... Or inside info. Inside info. If you are secretly Ted Danson and you want to just give us a call, that would be great. What if Ted Danson listens to this podcast? He definitely doesn't. What if he does, though? (laughs) And remember, the episode titles for next week allegedly are Everything is Bonzer Part 1 and 2. So that is... Everything is great, essentially, but in Australian slang. Yes. So, you know, we're getting some similar vibes here, maybe, from the beginning of uh, season two. And, you know, it was funny. I, I, a couple weekends ago, was like, oh, I should just, like, I should re-up on season two, because I haven't watched it in a while. It's like, I'll watch, like one episode a day for the next couple of weeks. And I mainlined the entire thing in like a day and a half. I just couldn't stop myself. So I haven't rewatched the entire thing, but I've watched pieces of it. And I have definitely gone into episodes and skipped to the part where I'm like, Oh, this is what I want to see. I want to see when Eleanor talks about her feelings cheating. And he says, his brain is like a fork in a, in a, in oh, a garbage yeah. disposal. Whew. Yeah. Well, and to your point in that conversation, they talk about, he says, I wish that we could have met a normal way, like you would have come to my office right. for philosophy help. And that has happened. So he's getting his wish. But it May remain- we all yes, get our wish but in this remain- new season. <laughs> my rem- wish is for everything to be Bonzer. I think that's a good place to end. Yes. I think that's a good and, place to end. You know, until next week, make sure you have your DVR set up. And if you don't have a DVR... Make sure that you have NBC.com bookmarked or potentially download the NBC.com app. If you are in America, you can watch this show next week. I promise you, even if you don't have cable. Until next week, figure out how to do that. We will see you next week, Ding Dongs. Woo! Knock, 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 knock.